Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today is the 28th of December. We are three days past Christmas. We're a few days before the new year. That one week between the two, that's always like super weirdly quiet. But I have to talk about something so we can prepare our minds for this year to come. Because it's going to be a different year. We've already had different year number one. But now we're going to have different year number two. What is going on with expectation? Because at this point, we can't even put expectation into play. We have been dialed back to each day as it comes forward. This morning, because my expectation was so far gone when it comes to the weather in California, it's in Southern California, it's pretty much the same every single day. And they've been saying we had a 30% chance of rain on Monday, and then it became a 40% chance, then it became a 70% chance. And then last night at 11 p.m., it started pouring rain. And now on the little weather apps, it can tell you hour by hour, the rain is coming, it's leaving in five minutes, and, you know, it tells you all of this. But they say it's going to rain a lot, not a lot, but enough. And then we come in and go, ah, it's not really going to rain, and it actually really doesn't rain. Somehow the rain misses your area or whatever. But it poured last night. It poured it said it was going to stop at three in the morning and I thought three in the morning that's when I wake up don't stop but I would wake up in the middle of the night and say gosh why didn't I open the drapes so at least I could see it why didn't I leave the window open so I could just hear it but then I woke up at 3 a.m and it did stop but everything was wet so I came in my office and I opened the window and it's open now it just stopped but it was like thunderstorms And how good it feels just to hear the rain and to smell it. But I had no expectations of it. So I was looking at, just on top of what Christ says about expectations ruin everything. And he's, you know, that line has been running rampant since since I saw Christ. But I wanted to read a little bit more about the psychology of why we expect, because we have to have something to shoot for. But when we put that layer of expect on top of our intentions, our intentions start getting pressured, right? Our intention is to be loved. But how we are going to get there is up to us. 
And a lot of times it's expectations. Well, I called you, so now you call me. I did this for you. Why didn't you react? I meant for you to see this. Why didn't you say anything, do anything, be anything? Why did I not get recognition for my efforts? Why doesn't anybody pay attention to me? Why does everything I do not work out? And we can go on and on and on. And then every time we do something, we almost dare it to work out because our expectation is that it may not. Or we get overinflated and we expect it to be better than we thought and it doesn't work out. So what, what's the psychology in our minds? Because it becomes like this magical thinking place. And it makes prayer this magical thinking like, God, I want this and I want that, as though God is Santa Claus, which he is not. Every time I asked the question of Christ, I never got an answer. I got an experience. And I had to figure the answer out. And expectations, it's an old saying, it's not even a new one, but I just never heard it, are premeditated resentments. You set it up, you put it out there, and then nothing happens, and you feel bad. It's really interesting. Because wisdom comes from experience. If we've been expecting whatever to come and fix our lives for us, whether it's a person, a job, having a child, being married or not, being alone or not, whatever it is we have decided... We need to own ourselves along the way. I am doing this because I want attention for doing this. Or I am doing this because I really think it will help others if I do it. Are doing the same thing in two different ways. I'm doing this because I want attention for doing it will bring resentment. I'm doing this because I want to help people allows you to do it and walk away. Whatever happens from it is what you were hoping for. Expecting something to happen will not make it happen. Sounds like the most simple thing in the world to say. But it's true. When a child is younger, a child... They believe that their thoughts will cause what they want to happen. They think that if they're angry at their brother, he'll get in trouble by the parents. Or maybe he'll slip and fall. Or, you know, we have this way of expressing our anger. Then when those things don't happen, we say, oh, those thoughts aren't working. Those thoughts don't work. Those thoughts aren't real. Kids will figure that out. They may never, ever express this to another human being. But, you know, when we get mad at our brothers and sisters and we're younger, we we fight. Like, we'll physically fight or we'll, 
you know, pull each other's hair. You know how little kids are, little, little. I'm not talking about when they're older and they pull your hair, but when they're younger and they just don't know how to express that you took their toy away from them. Or they just stand there and cry. But they realize that those things don't actually solve anything. And they learn to ask, can I have that? Can I do that? Because their expectations are different. And they've learned that if they ask a question, they will more likely get an answer and they won't feel that frustration. Stating our intentions can put expectation in check because expectation forces attention our way to get what we expect, and it sets our ego in motion, sets it in motion because our ego is like, oh, wow, this person needs attention. (gasps) Let's see what I can do to show them that this is not the way to get it. Because my question would be, if I had that thought, why do I need that attention? Why do I need that? What do I want from it? What difference is it going to make to my life, to how I sleep at night, to how I eat during the day, how I take care of myself? I would have to think about that because it's a deflection. Liam writes in the chat, I believe need for a certain result is expectation. Expectations then lead to jealousy because we want what others have or we perceive they have. Neediness, expectation, and jealousy are three love killers, especially in relationships, and ones lead to the other. But expectations don't necessarily need lead to just jealousy. Expectations are that quiet, I want this, I didn't get it. Jealousy is like the the ego, once the ego sets it in motion, once you accept that you've been defeated, then it says, yeah, you've been defeated, and look at that person. They got what they wanted. Be jealous. Get mad at them. Tell them that they did not pay enough attention to you. Why did you need that? Think about it. It's not killing love. Expectation is trying to heal injured love in our minds. Well, I'll see if they really care. I'll call, and if they don't pick up, then I'll know they don't care. Then I'll know. And then I'll punish them for not caring. Well, call me when you have a chance. Text. Why don't you want to talk to me? had nothing to do with them. You were probably busy. And you knew it, and and they called it inconvenient times, and you couldn't talk. But the expectation of you picking up the phone, meaning they were okay, was all the, the only thing they could see because their injury is being ignored or left out and dumped all of that on you. Because when we are injured, we are myopic to our injuries. And expectation is ego's way of letting us know we are failing. 
because it is impossible to predict expectation. We cannot predict a future. That's why Christ keeps going back over and over again to our intentions. Pure intent will overcome any obstacle provided that it is pure. And I remember when Christ said that to me and I'm like, how do I know if my intentions are pure? How do I know? But I was being prepared for that statement because my mom, my mom, when I used to bake with her and clean the kitchen with her, she'd be the one making everything. I'd just be the baker and she taught me how to make sure everything was just right before I took it out of the oven. I was like, I don't know, is the sous chef the one that helps the chef? Because that was me. But I want to say, she used to talk to me about intention all the time. She used to read the Quran from cover to cover. She'd read it, she'd go through the whole thing, and then she'd start again. And she did that throughout her lifetime. And she never told me the really scary stuff, a couple of them, but that was to keep me from straying now that I look back at it. But she talked to me a lot about my intentions, that even if no one knew what I was thinking, if I knew what I was thinking was okay, that I would be okay. I was my mother's worst fear because she taught me that. In our culture, there's so many restrictions. And for me to be what she taught me, I couldn't stay in my community. It was like she was giving me the path but hoping I didn't use it, and yet hoping that I did, which put me in a very weird place. And I even tried to do things her way because I couldn't handle hurting her. Liam says, yes, the sous chef is second in command. Yep, that was me in the kitchen. But really she was was expanding my brain to my power. And even though my mom and I did not completely believe the same things, she taught me to believe in myself because I saw her believe in herself. And she did not live. She did not live lightly. My mom, her feet were in the trenches. I mean, for her age and her time, she was a leader in the community. And our home was open. She never knew what to expect, but she always knew what she wanted to do. Because expectation deflects us from self-support. That's what it does. When we expect an answer, and really think about this, you want to do something, you want to get a job, And you go and you interview for a job because all you're thinking of is, I need a job. I need to pay my bills. I don't care what I get. I just need a job. I need a regular paycheck. And then you see something and it's kind of easy and you figure, I could do that. Well, that pays enough. Because your only expectation was to get a check. 
But then what happens? You get there and you're like, God, this is really easy for me. Almost too easy. Like, I'm super bored. Look at that person. I could do their job and they're getting paid twice as much as I am. Why didn't I do that? Now I have to work my way up and prove I can do that. But they already have the job. How am I going to get it? So it limits our scope of seeing things. It puts boundaries around our capabilities. We have a natural tendency to our hopes on happiness for something from the outside. There's nothing wrong with it. It just doesn't work. And Maria writes, I think expectations from parents are the hardest ones to ignore as daughters or sons. That was me. That was my mom. My grandmother on my mom's side put my mother down until she had Alzheimer's. And as a result of putting my mother down, she put us down, my mom's daughters, for her own reasons, whatever they were, which, you know, doesn't need to be discussed on radio, but she, at the end of the day, would always pull the rug from under my mom's feet and try to do it to us. And my mom didn't accept it. And then one day, my grandmother ended up developing and having Alzheimer's. Imagine the woman who was always shaking the rug under my mother's feet. And we got so used to it. And one day I was visiting Chicago and my mom said, let's go visit your grandmother. And we went. She has Alzheimer's now. You know, she's older. Let's go visit. So we went. And my grandmother grabbed us at the door, hugged us, kissed us, was happy to see us. She wanted to cook for us, like heat something up. But still, I mean, that was more than she ever did before. She forgot that she didn't acknowledge us. She forgot that she wasn't kind. It's the last memory I have of her. My expectations were more of the same, probably maybe even worse. But in truth, she taught me something huge. I got to see her love us and care about us without a memory of what she used to do. (laughs) And then I thought, here's the person. What if I shaped my life on her expectation of us? started because she didn't want my mom to marry my dad. So anything my mom did after that marriage and all the six kids that she had and the life that she built was never enough for my grandmother. And all of a sudden, my grandmother didn't know that. But what if, I, what if I personally built all of my life on her dis, discard of us? Like, oh, we're just the discarded grandchildren. And I took that on. And then I go see her and she forgets she even did it. And I built a life around it. 
that all goes back to our intentions. If I took that on, why did I need that? That was a deflection from my person, my soul, who I am. And then she would have just grown old and died and gone home and never known she did that to me. But my expectation of myself was that I'm a disregarded human and I took that to everybody I ever met. And then their expectation of me would be like, oh, she's, she's you know, really hurting. She's never going to get anywhere in life till she gets over that, if she ever gets over it. Think how things start to accelerate. Because now no one expects anything from me because they figure I'm too far into my own head to ever think outside of the box. But her forgetting the things she said to us showed me how elusive what we hold on to is really only in our hands. A lot of our expectations do involve other people, reactions. However, if inside we feel like we are selling and not telling, not sharing, but selling to get something back for it. I sold this, I need money for it. I need payback for it. You need to fulfill my expectation, otherwise you're bad. You're wrong. You never. Pointing fingers, pointing fingers, pointing fingers. Then that's where you're living. That's where expectation ruins everything. And I will say, in relation to what Maria said, I did give my mom a run for her money in my life, being myself, whatever that meant. And I struggled to be myself because our community only has a one-way road and you can't turn around, you can't go right, and you can't go left. You can only go forward. And if you don't, you're bad. And I couldn't handle the being bad part. And then I saw the people that I was trying to be good for, and they were all dying one by one of old age. And with them went their expectations of me. And I had to stand there and go, well, wow, who am I now without anyone to push against? Anyone to tell me I can't do that. Or I'm not good enough to do that. Or we don't do that. In our background, we don't do that. Everybody else in the world is wrong, and we're right, and we're the only ones going to heaven. And if you're not one of us, we won't see you there. How do you even begin to live up to that? If you're being told that all your life, that's all you know. The problem I had, even way prior to seeing Christ, was that I never believed that. I couldn't believe it. It just was sounded too off. So my expectations were to find a way to live my own life. And at every attempt, I got in a ton of trouble because they wanted me to resent my actions. I only resented them for the moments that I was getting in trouble. But as soon as I was done getting in trouble, 
I thought to myself, it's still flawed, God. Nobody in our world has the right to take our rights away from us. I always say, when you stand before God, you stand alone. You cannot say, I did this because of so-and-so. They told me this, and I lived my life by this, and they were wrong. And then God's looking at you, go through your whole spiel, and then he says, oh, why did you listen? There were other things you could have heard. Why didn't you hear those? Why did you choose that? Because it ultimately was your choice to even blame someone. So as I started to develop this awareness that it all goes back to me, my narrative, my world, my storytelling of my family changed to my part too. What did I do to bring that to me? Like I'm telling you now, I was a handful as a child. I questioned everything. I wanted freedom. And I didn't have it. And I didn't understand why they were okay with taking it away. And I challenged it. And it brought to me all the way to death threats to my life from community members because how were they going to control their daughters if my parents couldn't control me? And if I lived to tell about it, then everyone's just going to break that gate and run across to the other side. I had community members that I don't even know go to my work and tell my boss where I worked or ask her first where I was, but to let her know, to tell me that if I wanted to do what I wanted to do, that they would make an example out of me. I don't know what that meant. I don't know what example out of you means. But I didn't take it as like a compliment. I knew what they were going to do because the expectations of the community were just that. Fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt run by ego. And I didn't fit in that world. Patience was to not live there. How I was going to get out, I didn't put a a picture on because it will have limited my options on how to get out. But I was always open and looking for an opportunity. Expectations are not meant to be lived in. They are far too small. It makes us reject support for bigger ideas or bigger things because all we want is that little thing we need back, that little moment of attention. But that attention is fruitless. Attention comes and goes like the wind. Daring people to love us, daring people to want us, pushing their buttons if they respond what does that really give you back so we gain experience over time and we start to say things like I can't even expect anymore good thing 
this is how I really feel. I feel lonely, so I, I reach out. When nobody pays attention, I take that as validation that I don't matter. Instead of saying, hey, I'll call, and whenever they call back, we'll get to talk. Take the pressure off. Should I really just jump into this job, or should I take a better look of where I'm going to go every day, where I'm going to take my soul every day? Should I really lash out at that person, or should I just understand that I have some anger inside? Pay attention to that. You guys, this Monday's already done. I can't believe it. Have a great start to the week. I love you guys, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.